How you doing, Brian? I'm doing well. How about yourself? I'm doing all right. All right, listeners, we're actually going to switch it up this time. In today's episode, it's going to be a spotlight interview on Brian Lightford. Hello, hello. I think I messed up on saying spotlight. Spotlight interview, right? Spotlight. Yeah, spotlight. You want to repeat it? I just did. Anyways, we'll get started. We'll get started. (laughs) So, Brian. Yes. Tell our listeners a little bit about yourself. A little bit about myself. Well, there really isn't much to me. Uh, (laughs) I am 23 years old. I currently attend UMBC. I'm studying media and communication studies. Is there like a concentration? Like at Salisbury, I had a concentration in my Uh, major. Yes. So at UMBC, you just take a few introductory courses. And after that, uh, they give you just a giant list of sort of electives that you can take. And they obviously they uh, suggest you take the ones that uh, some things that are like you are interested as a career for. So they have courses that are more tailored for people who want to do traditional journalism and like newspaper and you know how. So it's like PR, mass media, uh, journalism. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yes. So they um, do have concentrations. Yeah, they're just not like officially baked into the program. They're just kind of up to you and what you want to take. So for me, uh, obviously, I'm going to be taking a class on podcasting. <laughs> and He uh, is our podcast director. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Nick uh, Brian. Even though I screwed up that introduction. Sorry about that, Brian. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. Uh, I'll be back next episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I'm going to be taking a course on podcasting. I am going to be taking stuff regarding sort of like media production. So, like, editing, script writing, all that good stuff. Okay. Um, so, yeah, that's what I'm doing at UMBC. Aside from that, um, personal hobbies, uh, I just have one really, really big one, and that's uh, gaming. I really love playing video games. I love talking about games. I love, you know, just researching games, um, okay. you know, learning about games, uh, just just the whole sort of culture of gaming I'm really interested in. Okay. Just everything in gaming uh, kind of in my veins. So I guess <laughs> that'll lead us to the next question. Um, tell us a little background history about you. I guess, obviously, gaming is like a big part of your life. Yeah, it uh, is. Um, so background history. So let me put this in a narrative, right? Starting from like three years old, that's, you know, when I was interest, introduced into gaming, right? Like my parents bought me a Nintendo 64. I remember playing like Super Mario 64, 007, GoldenEye, uh, a whole bunch of other stuff. Uh, Mario Kart. So the Kart. classics. Yeah, like these old N64 classics. I was playing these games before I could even read. Okay, okay. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that was, you know, my my main hobby. I did other stuff, you know, too, growing up. Uh, I played uh, the trumpet, played organized basketball. I wasn't too good, but, you know, I had, I was on pretty, some pretty solid teams. We, uh, Did you went, ever expect to reach six foot? Oh, uh, no. Nah. Yeah. That, that dream was dead. That dream was dead. <laughs> that dream was dead by the time I hit middle school. I was uh, like, yeah, the same. But happened. you ever had, like, that like that spur moment where you felt like you were going to hit six foot? Or no? Mm, I don't think I was ever more than, like, medium-sized for my age growing up. 
And then, like I said, by the time I hit eighth grade, everybody else around me started shooting up. And for some reason, I kind of just stopped growing. You know, for the record, I, I am 5'5". Five five, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that dream died early. Um, hey, hey, hey. Mm-hmm. We can't all be tall and have all the best attributes. Yeah. It's, it's going to be give and take in this world. Yeah, you know? I could try getting swole, but yeah. I mean, that's, that's all I can do. Yeah, I hear that. Mm-hmm. I hear that. Um, what are your goals in the near future? Goals for the near future. Um, let's see now. Uh, so right now I'm still in school. Uh, about got a few more semesters left. How uh, many? Uh, th- uh, three, roughly. Um, so you expect th- to graduate like 2020 or 2000? Like fall 2020. Okay. You know, expect on uh, getting that degree. Walk across that stage. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. the dream. All right. After that, I plan on probably uh, looking for a job in either like social media marketing or community management, preferably at like a a gaming publisher or developer. Um, well, companies, like, can you give examples? Um, I think a big one for me is, like, ZeniMax. ZeniMax. Uh, ZeniMax, they own Bethesda. They're located in Rockville. Okay. You know, uh, I actually have a friend who literally lives, like, five minutes away from, you know, their offices. Uh, and then, of course, Bethesda, which is a company that they own, they're also located in Maryland as well. And, you know, they're they're really big. Uh, and they always got a lot of positions open. I was actually just on their site earlier today uh, looking at what they were offering. And lo and behold, a community manager right then and there, you know. <laughs> it's something that I'm preparing for. So that's definitely something I want to be doing, you know, as soon as I graduate. Uh, after that, uh, I actually plan on taking acting classes. So, oh, that's interesting. Because our next question was like, are there any dreams that you have, like, in the, fear, in the you know, far mm-hmm. future, or the distance um, future? So, one thing that I've been thinking about a lot, like I said, you know, I plan on taking acting classes um, and, you know, learning how to act because I want to become a voice actor. So, so, do you know the process of taking voice acting classes? Like, um, do you have to go to, like, a certain school or do you have to get a certificate? So like, how does that work? There's a lot of ways you can go about it. Um as for, like, voice acting classes in particular are kind of few and far between. Um, I know there's, like, a pretty, like, big school dedicated just to voice acting in uh, San Fran. What, um, do you know what the school name is? Uh, not off the top of my head, but I've heard a lot I mean, about it. We have Google it. right here. I mean, <laughs> I can Google it right now. <laughs> like, no, keep talking about the school. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, so I've heard a lot about it. Uh, but for me, personally, I plan on probably just taking, you know, traditional acting classes. Because, uh, I mean, vo- voice acting, at the end of the day, is is acting. Learning how to stage act translates well to voice acting. Do you have to do, like, a lot of, like, warm-ups? Like, you know how singers have to do warm-ups? And yeah, yeah, yeah like vocal to, warm-ups. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, they move their cheekbone. I was watching a YouTube video, and they were, like, moving their cheekbone side to mm-hmm, side, sucking uh-huh. in and out. Yeah, there's actors that do that. Uh, the day, it really just comes down to you just treating your voice well. How do you do that? Just avoid doing things that are really, like, taxed your vocal cords. I heard you can't eat certain foods. Or, or um, they say, I'm being very vague, but you know what I mean. Researchers. I know there's certain foods that you, that you eat can, that can help you. Like, I know uh, eating apples uh, before the recording session really helps kind of, like, minimize... You know why, or just... Yeah, it minimizes the uh, saliva in your throat, oh. in your mouth. Uh, so you know how people make this, like, certain sound. Sometimes when they're talking, like, the... Yeah, eating like an apple definitely uh, helps minimize that uh, and make sure that your vocals come across clean 
and you don't have like all this like saliva in your mouth. Okay. Okay. Um, voice acting is just something that I've been really really interested uh, for a few years now. Uh, I'm really a big fan of like animation. And, you know, just having, like, people portray characters in animation is, like, I think is really, really cool. Did you go out watching Dragon Ball Z? Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, of course. Every every kid our age. I, was, was I don't know, every kid, but, like, I would say 95%. Yeah. <laughs> like, I would say yeah. a higher percentage of people, at least in America, watch Tsunami, Dragon Ball Z, mm-hmm. all that. They probably still watch it to this day. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, I'm 26. I'll catch a episode of Dragon Ball Z here and there. But. Oh, yeah, it's definitely nice. I was actually just recently rewatching it. That's a funny thing, too. Okay. Like, I was just, like, bored uh, one night. And I was like, you know what? Let me rewatch Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> it's a classic. Yeah, it's, uh... Because, like, it's got, like, this nostalgia for me, right? Like, whenever I watch an episode of DBZ, I'm always brought in back to this, you know, this time period, you know, when I was in, like, elementary school. And, you know, you didn't really have too many worries. You know, you just kind of went to school sat in class came home and just turned on the tv and just tuned out and what was the channel was it like 58 cartoon network or 59 i think it depended on your region but i i specifically remember 58 we're we're actually in maryland yeah so Mm -hmm. yeah that always matters about the yeah comcast uh i remember comcast it was on 58 yeah channel 58 it would be like it's tsunami we usually start at like i think five o'clock in the afternoon exactly go to like eight and, uh, and then Adult Swim came on like nine or ten o'clock. Yeah, yeah. Ooh, those were yeah. the days. Yeah. But um, just uh, going back to the voice acting classes, I'm looking it up right now on Yelp, and the top three are voice one. It's in uh, actually in San Francisco, mm-hmm. and then Sherry Carlson's studio, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and Leela. Yeah, I'm not. Have which, you heard of any of them? Um, no, no, none of them really ring a bell. Okay, I just know that there's there is this one particular school in San Fran that a lot of uh, people in the industry come to uh, teach workshops in. Because um, I listen to a podcast dedicated to uh, voice acting. It's called Voice Acting Mastery. It's hosted by uh, Crispin Freeman. And uh, he Crispin was, Freeman. Crispin Freeman. Yeah, oh, he's man. Uh, he's Crispin. a Crispin. Imagine growing up being named Crispin. Like <laughs> I can't even laugh. My name's Prince, but you know what I mean. Like Crispin. Yeah, it, it's, it's a it's a very distinct name. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And, no, uh, but I love I love unique names just because mm-hmm. I have one. So mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And uh, in the podcast, he would talk about how he would uh, teach these workshops at this school in San Fran, and how. A lot of people who uh, attended those uh, classes would go on to make names for themselves, mm-hmm. and he would even ha- bring them on to the podcast and you know talk to them directly. And it was always funny hearing him say, "It's like, yeah, I remember meeting you in my workshop. Now you got all these uh, all these uh, bodies of work behind you. You're getting content uh, and getting yeah. getting contracts mm-hmm. with studios mm-hmm. and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Getting agents and stuff like that. And so. It's hard out there, and um." California. Oh, definitely. Just, oh my God. So, uh, so LA many people. Yeah, it's so it's it's hard to book because they have like this system in the way they kind of book people. Mm-hmm. Um, so to put it in like really simplified terms, right? Uh, L.A. and New York are both very well known for their sort of acting um, sort of fields. Mm-hmm. But the way they go about them is very different. New York is really, really big into this in the stage because obviously you know you have Broadway. Um, in LA, it's yeah. all about on camera, 
Exactly. And acting on Re- stage. Reality TV, too. Yeah. yeah. Acting on stage and acting on camera are, require very, very different things. They're very distinctive skills. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so, yeah, like, booking in L.A., they have, like, this sort of mold that they look for in actors. And if you're somebody who's coming off of, like, Broadway and you do things, like, really, really differently than a lot of people... Well, it's more superficial because you're, like, a lot of Broadway is musical... Yeah, but you, know, you also no, have straight plays. I know you do, you do, no doubt. But like, a lot of it's musical related. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. even in straight plays, there's some musical parts in those straight plays. Sometimes, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's yeah. just like when you come to California, they want more like reality TV, mm-hmm. more uh, down to earth mm-hmm. television. Well, not yeah. television, but like social media. Now it's not television. I think what it really comes down to, right, uh, between you know the stage and on camera, is that. Uh, when you're on the stage, uh, there's things you have to do that really sort of like emphasizes your acting because, okay. you know, you're speaking to an audience and, you know. You have to project your voice. Yeah, you got to project yeah. your voice. You got to project your movements exactly. and all that stuff versus being on camera. Uh, you have to actually act really, really natural all the way down to even just like, you know, the slightest like sort of expression you have in your face has to come off as natural as possible. And uh, going back to what I was saying earlier about, you know, what L.A. uh, agents look for in booking is that um, if you're really, really different, like like I said, if you're coming from Broadway and to L.A. looking, you know, for on camera gigs, uh, if you have like this really unique skill set, it actually works against you because a lot of casting directors uh, don't really know what to do with you. They don't really know how to make the most out of your talent. You know, I heard about how uh, one of the leads from, like, the Lion King musical came to L.A., you know, trying to book for uh, on-camera gigs. And, you know, he was having trouble because they just didn't know what to do with him. Why? Like, he could play many roles or... It's just, just like, he didn't really fit, like, any sort of predefined molds casting directors look for in LA. So what are, what do you what do you define predefined molds? Like, like that's, that they want big. like they want like the hard boiled actor that can play like the detective or that you have like the nerd who plays like in like these high school dramas or Or the disorderly like junkie that could play like what Kendrick Lamar's role in power something like yeah, that. Yeah, something yeah. like that. Okay. You know, just something that you you can like you can see from just from like an audition. It's like, okay, I can perfectly see you playing as this kind of character in this kind of film. Okay. But like I said, if you're coming off of like Broadway from like a like a Lion King musical like I was saying, like it's just it's, difficult. It's very flashy. Yeah. That, that musical, like, I actually saw that musical before, mm-hmm. um, like, let's say six years ago now. Yeah, and it, it was probably, like, nothing like you've ever seen before, No, right? it's just very bright, flashy, it's over-exaggerated, because I already watched the Lion King cartoon. Yeah, yeah. We're going to switch gears a little bit, and um, talk about when we started talking about the podcast. It was just, like, two months ago, mm-hmm. May-ish. It, it, we're almost in July. So I guess it's almost two months, like month and a half, over a month and a half. Well, I remember we were, we initially, like, you initially approached me for the idea way back in, like, I think April, it may, maybe? may have even been March. Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, yeah, I, I know it was, it was months ago. Yeah, I've been on a roll. So, yeah. But uh, anyways, I noticed that you were into this type of media platform, mm-hmm, podcasting, mm-hmm. and I, I felt like this is an opportunity I could give you, and uh, you were interested. So, uh 
Please tell our listeners what uh, sparked your interest in being in podcasts. In, in podcasts in particular. Um, so it kind of stems from, you know... Into my, podcasts. Yeah, yeah it, it stems from my desire to, you know, be into voiceover. Being on a podcast, it's like you have, like, this message that, you know, you want to, like, spread, you know, through, like, a listener base. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just also, you know, the joy of, like, having people on and, you know, talking with them, interviewing them, you know just kind of conducting a conversation I thought was, you know, really cool, unique. Uh, I also like kind of how grassroots uh, podcasts are. Grassroots? Like, yeah. Just, I, just cause I don't know what grassroots podcasts are. Basically means like, you know, like the Drake saying, you know, started from the bottom. So know? like, you okay. know, like, as like, uh, I say that, you know, we're recording in like a closet and you know, this is exactly what I mean. You know, like you know, grass- cats out the back, <laughs> cats out the back. Right hey, in the closet man, right hey, now. At least it's a, at least it's a walk-in closet. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But, but um, <laughs> I didn't think we we're going to spill that bean to like episode five. But it's all good. It's all good. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, just you know, uh, how personal podcasts can be, and you know, in how you like spread your message. It just all it takes, you know, just you know, people with an idea and just a microphone coming together, and you know. Recording a show, you know what I mean. Just like talk, first, talking about life, like mm-hmm. I mean, we try to edit out the ums and like the awkward dead space. But other than that, we try to be as like organic and natural as possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just, like we're just, just catching up and talking about life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're just two guys sitting here uh, having a conversation. First is like you know putting t- something together you know that requires like a camera and all that stuff, and it requires a lot, an excessive amount of editing. And, well, I mean, you know, camera skills with like directing. Well, just just to clarify, we do plan on like filming our podcast mm-hmm. in the near future. Mm-hmm. But he's talking about like being on camera. Yeah, and, I'm yeah. talking recording like an actual like sort of YouTube TV show. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Exactly. It requires a little bit more effort and editing and mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. directing mm-hmm. As, as opposed to podcasting, where it's more free flow conversation and just trying to shed light on topics. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, hopefully it's not a redundant question, but maybe you can give us like a little bit more in depth as to what inspires you to become a voice actor. Ah, uh, um... We know that that's your goal now, but like, we don't know what, like, what's the core reason why you want to be a voice actor? I think it all kind of stems from this desire... I think two things. Number one is, like, I want to entertain. And I think that's, like, at the core of, like, every sort of, like, actor's, like, motives. Like, at the end of the day, like, they're entertainers. Like, they like to entertain people. Are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? (laughs) Uh, And I think number two is just kind of, like, the joy of playing pretend. But what do you mean by pretend? So, you know, like... It's real out here, Brian. (laughs) You playing pretend. So, like, an actor's job at the end of the day... Is to play pretend so well that you you're sold this. that they you're sold on their character that you believe that they are like who they are acting to be, and you know voice acting in particular really uh, excels at that because you're not on camera, you're just lending your voice. So who do you think is like a very talented voice actor? I already have one in my brain. But I want to hear your. Ooh, yeah. uh, there's a lot of them. Uh, no, 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 no. Top three. Top three. Um, we only got all that time. So the first one that popped in my head is uh, Keith David. 
Keith David. Keith. All right, what, what, what are some? You may films? have known him. He played like the uh, the some rich dad in uh, ATL. Oh, okay. Yeah, he also does a lot of voice acting work, right? The first time I ever heard him uh, voice act was uh, in Halo Two when he played the Arbiter, and he had this indistinguishable deep voice. It's always that, the deep voice that, yeah. you, that you can't you like you he, always um, remember. He also plays uh Martian the Manhunter in uh Justice League often a lot. And uh he just has like I said he has this very like distinct voice that's very like commanding and like just right away you know it's him. Another one that comes to my head, uh who boy, uh probably um Crispin Freeman. Uh the guy <laughs> listen to um, so he's been in a lot of work. He does a lot of anime, a lot of animation, but he also does, uh, commercials and promos. Um, one particular role I really, really, uh, liked him in, um, phew, I'm going into deep, my, uh, anime knowledge here, um, in the series, uh, the Fate series, Fate Stay Night, and then also the prequel Fate Zero, um. He played the Inquisitor. Uh, so there's like gaming voice actors. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people who do gaming also do, you know, animation. I'm not saying they're anime. just they're just like restricted in gaming, but mm-hmm. like I guess you've noticed it more through gaming voice acting than do films. Um, That's what it sounds like. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. It all depends. Okay. It all depends. You know, it just happens where I catch them first. But I mean, there's a lot of crossover. Okay. Because, uh, I mean, it's all yeah, in yeah, LA. It's what gig you can get. Like, yeah, yeah. It's, like, it's, it's expensive in mm-hmm. LA. Like, mm-hmm. I was just there. I was at the comedy store, saw all these famous people. I mean, got yeah. cracked on. Yeah. Me and my sister. <laughs> Shout out, Vanessa. Love your dimples. Anyways, <laughs> go ahead. Um, third one. Uh, oh, boy. Uh, I want to pick a different one. Um, Steve Bloom. Um, he's also done a lot of work in like video games and animation. Uh, my all time favorite role he's played though was actually like his first role or at least his first, his breakout role. He's from South Africa. Um, or maybe that's the wrong, no, that's a writer. Steve Bloom, voice actor. Let's check it out. Um, his breakout role was, uh, Spike. B-L-U-M. Yeah. He was, uh, Spike Spiegel in Cowboy Bebop. Okay. He can do a lot of voices. He's a very... Uh, whoa, 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 Was he Tom? Yes. You can't just leave that out, Brian. You got to... I was getting to that. No, you're taking too long. You, you, our <laughs> listeners want to hear the facts. They want to hear the facts. You got to give it to them, baby. Come on. Yeah, but uh, he does a lot of different voices. But, okay. Uh, was he really, Wolverine? Yeah, oh. he's all, he also does Wolverine. Okay. He does Wolverine a he lot. He did Star Wars. You said Cowboy Bebop. He's got over like 300 credits to his name. Dang. He does a lot. Yeah, so. he, he works. I mean, he's in his 60, or almost 60. Yeah. So, yeah. makes sense. He, like I said, he does a lot of different voices. Um, what I really like about his role as Spike was uh, he really nails this kind of smooth guy sort of voice. Um, to anybody listening who has like watched Cowboy Bebop, you knew right. You know right away. Like Spike is like this very chill, laid back, but still gets down to business. And Steve really brought that out in that character. I'd say you know like that's definitely like one of my favorite roles that I've seen anybody play. It was honestly it was a huge inf- inspiration for me. You know, to really it really opened my eyes up to voice acting. You know the potential you have to be as a voice actor um so yeah those are those are my three okay well um 
I think we're going to start going to our ending, closing up the podcast. Uh, so this is our final question. What advice, recommendation, books, or anything that our listeners can take away from this uh, episode of the podcast? So I have one, I'd say, pretty important message uh, for any uh, listeners out there that Mm -hmm. may be kind of uh, struggling to find their footing. Say, like, you're in school, but you don't really know what you want to do afterwards, or you just... uh, kind of out working and you want something more for yourself but don't really know where to look i've changed my major five times um throughout my school year i mean my school career um i started out as chemistry went to chemical engineering then to computer science then to information systems and um honestly i didn't really know where i was going um i had Really no idea on what I wanted to do for a living. I was kind of just sticking with school because, you know, that's just like the thing to do now. Because, you know, if you're not in school, your options are limited. But, you know, when you're in school, if you don't really have a clear idea on what you want to do, you tend to struggle a lot. And that's definitely what happened to me. No, I feel like no matter what I was trying, nothing was really working. And it almost came to the point where I was thinking about leaving school and just starting from over from scratch. Thankfully, you know, uh, my school has a lot of awesome career advisors who uh, really took the time out of their day to really help me figure out, you know, what it was that I really wanted. And ironically enough, um, I kind of came back to what I originally envisioned myself doing from, you know, like seven years ago. And that was, you know, getting into something um, media related, analyzing media, creating media. Content. Yeah. Creating content. Okay. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And um, ever since then, I've been feeling incredible. Uh, I can't wait to go back to school in the fall. I've been doing, you know, a lot of uh, side projects. I've been doing self-studying, studying uh, media literacy right now on my own before, uh, you know, I even set foot in that class in the fall. Oh, so you're taking the initiative. Yeah. Uh, Honestly, you just gotta, you know, see, and this is the hard part, right? It's hard to sort of direct um, somebody into like the quote-unquote correct direction. You kind of have to kind of talk to a lot of people, you know, and do some soul searching in order to really discover what it is you're truly passionate about. And honestly, in my opinion, you know, the perfect job is finding something you're passionate about and, you know, turning that into a job to a certain degree. And yeah, that's that's what I think, you know, our listeners should really look into or whoever might be in that position right now. Okay. Oh, I, I really enjoyed this. Did you, did you enjoy yourself, Brian? Yeah, yeah. Okay, it's been okay. it's been a good time. Yeah, yeah. Like <laughs> we got to dive deep into Brian Lifeford's life and understanding mm-hmm. where he's coming from before we like take off with our podcast. Mm-hmm. So, for our listeners, thank you for listening. We plan on coming on next time. I'm Prince Tomeo. I'm Brian Lifer. You can uh, catch me on Twitter at. Brian D. Leifer. That's B-R-I-A-N-D-L-E-I-F-E-R. Do you want to plug in your Twitter while yeah. we're at it? <laughs> yeah, you can uh, catch me at Twitter at Nigma N-I-G-M-A, underscore, capital R-M, underscore. All right, guys, we're signing off. NCAS, out. Peace.